Welcome to the Numbers Game. I'm Jason. I'm here with Nick and Marty. How are we going today, guys? I'm buzzing, mate. I'm buzzing. You know, springs in the air, birds are singing. So am I. Nick, how are you? <laughs> going well. Going well. It's uh, yeah, We talked about the weather last time, I think, so I won't talk about that again. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, it is. It is. It's good. Loving it. It's, uh, it's just amazing how it um, just changes you. Oh, I wouldn't say it makes you overly happier, but it just does put a spring in your step for whatever reason. But uh, no, things are good. Working hard and um, looking forward to another uh, another mini episode with you two legends. This episode is brought to you by the lovely team at Innovate, Innovate Finance and Wealth. If you haven't checked out their website, there's a huge amount of resources that you, you should go and see. Innovat.com.au. Um, go and look at the team, and uh, if you need any help with your finance or wealth, they are the people to go and speak to. Speaking of, Marty, um, we love hearing from you and learning with all your wisdom and gold. What is happening today? Uh, today I thought about uh, talking about buying a small business. I've had a few business owners or potential business owners uh, call me up, and um, and interestingly enough, it's quite disturbing how many people are buying businesses that are making losses. Uh, which I thought I'd give you 12 questions to ask if you're thinking about buying your first business uh, that you could apply and uh, making sure that you're doing that successfully. And one of the things that, and I always bring up net profit margin, I think it's one of the best indicators. You know, revenue that's earned, cost of goods taken out, expenses taken out, interest taken out, and the money that you've got at the end, after all wages and everything, um, that's 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 an important number. And if you don't get that right, a lot of the times it can devalue other very good aspects of your business as well. So to buy a business that's making a loss is is an interesting an interesting thing because again, a lot of the times your business is valued based on your profit margin as one of the you know strong components of that value. So I thought I'd help out and just did some research as in regards to a rule of thumb as to what is considered a low profit margin, that's anything up to 5%. Uh, 10% is a healthy margin from the research that I looked at, and 20% plus is a high margin. Um, so it was interesting. Obviously, the bigger businesses got, the lower the profit margin, just because of logistics and various different things, a lot more wages and management. Probably, probably paying payroll tax too once they got the uh, more wages in there. So, Marty, before you jump in, I'm glad you brought this up because, um, you know, in, in what I do and what my team does day in, day out, we, you know, have new clients sign up to come and talk to us or we get referred clients by our referral partners like the lovely team at Innovate. And sometimes we open up the books to a business that might have been trading one year, two year uh, very early on and it's either been bought and taken over by someone or they've bought a franchise or they've started from scratch and then are looking once they've built up a little bit to maybe acquire. And a lot of the time it's it's quite a bit of a shell shock to us to go, whoa, this business probably shouldn't even be running. It shouldn't have been sold and, and how money handed over for it. You know, we're a bit perplexed as to how, you know, these businesses come about getting sold when we as accountants pick apart the numbers. So it's great that you're going to share this info because I think a lot of business owners are going to have to come here, listen to these questions and actually before they transact, go through these things because I think a lot of people don't. Um, so this is the valuable content that we need in, in the world out there, Marty. Yeah, and a lot, of, a lot of people see an upside beyond the numbers 
and that's you know and that's that's okay but again you want the numbers to back that up otherwise you could be you know you could have a pain point from the beginning and you don't want that particularly if you haven't been in business before and know how to maneuver through that successfully so one of the first questions 12 questions i put together one of the first questions is is the industry you're going into emerging growing steady and it's mature or a declining industry so you just want to be able to answer that question. Is it tech? Is it emerging? Is it a new innovative product? Um, is it a growing industry that's doing well? And you can see compounding growth on, on, over time. Is it steady? Is it mature? Is it just flatlining? It's doing okay? It's not going anywhere. Or is it declining? Is it actually coming backwards? Like, And that's uh, you certainly don't want to be in a declining industry. So it's a good question to ask because you want to be potentially on that front end and steady can be good if you're bringing something new to the table uh in it but important question to ask i think to get a read on that um second question are the revenues and profit margins increasing or declining and again that sort of backs up the first question as well you can tell a lot off the financials as to seeing what it's done over the last four years and seeing because there might be a reason why um it's declining uh, in regards to the sale price you offer, that might change based on decline. Or if you see something that's that's building and growing and you can add momentum to, um, that's really, really important as well. So, um, yeah, any initial thoughts, gentlemen? What do you usually find? Do you find, um, I know you mentioned at the start that people are actually looking at buying um, well, non-profitable businesses. Um, are these people to you uh, coming to you saying, "I can turn this around," or is it just simply in a naivety um, and maybe not looking into the numbers enough? Because to me, it's um, there's a difference between being able to turn around and make it better than being able to get it from the red into the black. Like that's a pretty um, that's a pretty big job, I would have thought, particularly if it's an existing business. So, what are you finding is ha- is is happening out there? I'm finding that there's declining profits and revenues on on some of the smaller businesses, which, and my gut feel is that people have been running businesses for a fair while and they want out and they want out for a reason on those types of businesses because they haven't been able to turn it around over the last four or five years. So they're looking at an exit strategy for themselves. And then you've got people coming in that feel like they can bring something to the table in order to and, and again it makes sense because they're thinking there's a brand already available it's been established there are customers um and they feel they can do something with it and generally the sale price is lower if there's declining revenues and profitability so they feel like they'll get it for a better price but sometimes you can be getting you know unless you've got a clear plan you you know you could be getting a big headache as well mm. So you just got to be careful, and we'll go through some of the other questions around this as to why it's important to expand out on those initial questions. Uh, number three, are the key people running the business happy and happy to continue in the business? So just, again, sometimes there's key people in the business that you must retain, mm. and you know, where are they at? So before just buying the business itself, you want to get an understanding and interview people and you know little things like you know they might have a long service leave or you know holiday pay that you'll be you know acquiring when you when you take on that business that just hasn't been thought about so you want to be you want to be having those discussions to see where it's at 
and maybe there's new contracts that are involved. Maybe people want a higher pay in order to stay. Yeah, maybe people are happy. So you just want to get a you want to get an understanding on those key stakeholders as to what uh, what their intentions are as well. So I think that's critical. Uh, number four, what are the current owners' plans for the future? So again, we don't want yeah we don't want people getting their money and then setting up two doors down the road. Uh, with a new and innovative business without the headaches and they've got all the skills to know what goes right and what goes wrong. So you want to know what the intention is. Um, do they want to uh, do something else because they can do something else and then come back to it? You know, Are they just happy to retire? So you want to get a clear understanding and whether it's right or wrong, but you just want to get a read on what the intention of the current owner uh, is so you can make decisions around that as well. And banks will want to know that as well when they're funding on new businesses. So um, that's really important as well. Thoughts? Yeah, I've seen seen that happen in uh, accounting industry acquisitions where, you know, the director is selling off his parcel of his or her parcel of fees. Um, they've got a couple of team members that are meant to be acquired in the deal. And if it's not structured properly, um, I got wind of one where basically the the key team members took off and that made it hard to continue running the book of fees. And then in no time at all, the director went, the the director who sold out was like, oh, actually, oh, I miss working in the accounting industry. I'm going to start another firm again and just work with these particular types of clients and, you know, had exited a bunch of cash out, didn't have golden handcuffs that's basically like, you know, you get some upfront and some down the track based on retention of the clients, a really poorly structured sale. Um, so yeah, seeing it go wrong and that's a combination of not asking the right questions about future plans and what are the key people doing? So they're two great questions, but also not then structuring the right exit or, or deal um, to, to protect the buyer and the seller. Cause you always want to be two sides. You want to protect everyone and make sure everyone's comfortable and happy. Yeah. And that might be considered then in the sale price, right? Mm. If there's mm. genuine threat, um, that that comes back to what what is the sale price around that too. So you can as well as the the clauses. So really important. Uh, number five is the business model sustainable? Is what is available now as a business model uh, going to work for you if you grow it? You know, or is it a declining asset? So you want to know that upfront so you can choose to put fuel on the fire uh, or restructure. So you want to consider that before you take that on board, understand the dynamics of the business model, uh, how the business makes money, you know, wages, how people are paid. Uh, yeah, we go through this every day in business in real time anyway, but it's like you certainly want to wanna know that when you're acquiring a new business as well. Uh, number six, do you have specialised knowledge that could take the business to another level? So is there a form of specialised knowledge? Like, is the person already working in the business? They might have insights uh, on that business that someone externally wouldn't have, and they can see a clear pathway to really accelerating the growth with a few tweaks and changes. Or you might have knowledge in tech that the previous business owner didn't have, and you know how to optimise and minimise expense, uh, optimise sales in order to get a better result quickly. So some form of specialised knowledge to give you a competitive advantage to use that, utilize that asset after you've purchased it to advantage. So um, really key. Thoughts? Particularly in this day and age, and I think we've got a lot of um, aging industries. I know our mm. in industry is aging and it's kind of going through a, uh, it's been 
it's it's been through the ringer for lack of a better word post uh, royal commission um you know de- decreased uh, earnings increased compliance and i think i think it's it's ready for the next leg up so you're seeing the uh, i guess the older generation who are not that we want to ever retire based on our last, last episode but there are people that want to retire and they just don't have the energy uh, to implement what they need to in their business to take it to that next level. So whether that be tech to create efficiencies, whether that be other revenue streams, uh, whether that be taking on staff to um, to take advantage of the opportunity that's out in the market at the moment, and I'm referring to financial planning, they're just tired and they're, and, and, and they're done. So for us, we look at these businesses and we think, geez, we can make that a lot better because we've got everything that it needs that the existing owner doesn't have the energy to do anymore, which is a more than okay. They're you know they're they're going on their own journey. So, yeah, looking at it and going, how can I make this better, and what can I do to breathe life into it, and maybe not even just breathe life into it, but just you know maybe create create more revenue streams, reduce costs, just make it a much better business. And I think there's a lot of opportunities to do that now with things like AI, which we've spoken about a lot, um, and then this just general um, use of tech as well. So. Well said. Uh, Number seven, do customers have a strong relationship with the business? Like are there good contracts in place with uh, business to business, B2B, uh, Google reviews, good trading history with suppliers, et cetera? And uh, have they had any litigation or any headaches that you need to know about as well? Because, again, it's amazing what can be transferred uh, to you when you're taking on a business. So, you just want to ensure that the clients have a strong relationship with the business, uh, not just with the business owner as well. So that's really critical because you're going to be taking that those clients on board. Uh, number eight, is there a good diversification uh, of clients? I've seen so many businesses um, that's relied on you know three or four major clients and someone's taken an acquisition to have fallen out and they've been in desperate trouble. So you better to have yeah you, know, you better to have widespread client base um, so that you you've got uh, some some protection in regards to that diversification as well. Too many times I've seen it where two one, you know two or three major contracts fall over and the business is all of a sudden in in trouble. So good diversification and widespread widespread client base as well is always healthy. Um, have you ever run a business before? So what are you going to do about that? Are you going to get mentorship? Are you going to get like a semi-advisory board with people who are in business around you just to give you guidance? Are you going to take a training course? Because it's a big step between, you know, being an employee and a business owner. And that um, that step sometimes is worked out over five, seven years. But the quicker you can learn that and what what you need to become a strong business owner, how to lead, how to delegate effectively, you know, knowing your highest value action items, uh, it's critical. So understand your own competence and um, get support around that in order to be able to grow uh, effectively in, in business as well. I think that's critical. It gets missed so often. Uh, and then we come to number 10. Have you put together a simple business plan? So again, it's one thing to say, yep, yeah, I can make this work. I'll just get the sales up 40% and off we go. Um, formulate a business plan, simple business plan, you know, threats, strengths, uh, looking at competitive advantage, you know, understanding where you want to be in one year, three years, five years, 
you know, work with someone like Jason to get the cash flow forecast done. Um, you know, work with experts in order to have a real blueprint for the future in that business, not just taking on the asset and hoping it'll work out, which you see a lot of as well. Jason, you'd see that a bit. Hopefully not so much, but yeah. yeah <laughs> Correct. Look, I think, you know, those couple of questions about have you run a business before and then have you put together the simple business plan? If the answer is no to running a business before and then no to putting together a business plan, you're already getting off on the wrong foot um, from the get-go because ultimately doing a simple business plan will uncover a lot of things that you need to know about what, you know, the the venture you're getting yourself into and the path you're about to go down. There'll be things that come out of that, you know, when you do a SWOT analysis of the business, when you do a look at yourself and go, well, where, what are my strengths and weaknesses to be able to run that business? So um, see it too often that a business plan is, the, you know, the least of someone's priorities. They just want to dive in and start running that business that they've bought and handed over their hand, hard-earned cash for. Um, but if people were to slow down and actually create that plan up front, think about the long term as well. Like put those kind of goals and steps in place about the purpose of why that business was bought and what's the long term plan. I mean, if you're buying yourself a job just so that you can work every day to earn similar income to what you were earning as a wage before you bought the business, you're already really got the wrong mindset, the wrong idea. So creating and formulating that business plan actually helps you to kind of get your head in the right place of being a business owner and not just working in a business as an employee. Yep. Number 11, what assets and stock remain as a part of the purchase? Really important because sometimes you can get equipment and machinery that's uh, more valuable than the business itself. And why I say that is in a worst case scenario, you know, you could go in if everything falls to crap, you go and sell off the assets and still you've got backup in regards to your initial investment as well. So, you know, in services industry, it might be trail books, right? It might be, you know, re reoccurring, you know, in a different way to actual physical assets. But again, you've got to ask yourself the question, what is the worst case scenario? What are you getting as a part of the purchase? So you know what value you actually hold. Some people have vehicles, vans that they're acquiring as a part of that business. What is the value of that? And can you, you know, can you get some form of that value back if, if you really needed to. Really great defensive um, thought process in acquiring a business as well. And the last step, number 12, which I think is important, and a lot of people don't ask this, is can you get a 30 to 40% immediate upside from where the business is at? Now, it's one thing to say you're gonna generate more sales, but a really good way to think about it is what if you can't, you know? What if, what if the revenues were declining and the current owner's really struggling to, to increase those revenues and those profit margins? So what I want you to think about is to go, can you get some form of efficiency? Nick talked about this earlier, some form of efficiency so you've got a margin of safety in that purchase where it might be you have infrastructure costs that you can cover that you can strip out of the new acquisition. Have you got a, a specialised knowledge uh upside in being able to re you know reorchestrate the business in some way to get that upside in profit you know when you first go into it so you're getting increased value right away because a lot of the times in different industries are priced in different ways but you know a lot of the times I'm, I'm talking small to medium businesses you know that are you know one to two million in turnover which is the majority of people starting up you know they 
they need to think about from those terms. You need to get skin in the game in some way, shape, or form when you're buying into a business. Otherwise, like like Jace was saying, you don't want to just buy yourself a job. You want to create instant value and understand how you're going to do that. And then when you generate higher sales, then that's an added bonus, right? Then that's fantastic, absolutely. But the business is where it's at for a reason, and your role initially is to see how you can work those numbers in your favour from where it's at. If you can do that and get a little 30, 30% margin of safety in that, then the upside on the sales is go- only going to really compound that that impact. So that's huge. A lot of people don't think about that, but it's a really it's an interesting thing to put your mind to to see where you know where you can you can get real value as a business moving forward. Thoughts? Yeah, it's all, it's all good stuff, mate. I think it's um, obviously you've you're on the ground and you're you're helping people with their their funding to get into these businesses. So I think I think you're in a better position than a lot of people. Um, to to understand this stuff because you're looking at okay well, how can I get these people funding so you're looking at is this actually a viable business so I think everything you've just said spot on but I think the last thing is how are you funding that you know that's probably the one thing you didn't mention but how are you actually getting into that business is it a mixture of debt and capital of your own are you using a house um, what do the terms look like to repay that debt because you really need to consider those debt payments and how's that going to impact your ability to cash flow other expenses in your life? So does the business have the ability to cash flow the debt that, that you're taking on as well? So yeah, I think um, all good stuff and I can, you know, as I said, you just see so much of this stuff and understand what's a good and a bad acquisition. And all the banks will be looking at this as well, like you said, Nick, on funding because they're not venture capitalists, right? They're, they're not angel investors. They want to see legitimate profitability that will cover all the debt. You know, want to see revenues cover the the interest on the debt. You know, one point five to two times. And if it's unsecured, like generally, if you're buying a business and you're trying to buy it unsecured, you've got to put fifty percent in of your own funds. You've got to have skin in the game because the banks want to see you putting skin in the game for them to put skin in the game too as well so you might have property which is going to strengthen the position of the acquisition as well so there's so many intricacies but the wonderful thing about uh business funding businesses is every business is unique and uh, you're working out a criteria that works for the business and works for the bank and bringing that together is really interesting but again don't don't think about don't purchase a declining asset um, particularly in small business. You can do it in the tech space when there's 50 million and it's a different set of skills. These are just people getting into business. And and when I looked, I was surprised just to, just to end it on an interesting note, just average profit margins by industry. It's amazing when I look through the figures how different it was. We're very lucky in the brokerage and the investment uh, banking. We're 17.62%. Pharmaceuticals are at 18.38% average profit margins. Apparel, 5.87%. Now, where was one that I saw that was, oh, publishing in newspapers? Avoid, negative (laughs) 1.64%. So again, you can do restaurants and dining, 10.57%, and then you have um, retail, grocery, and food, 1.44% average. So again, you can have a look at it, and even when you're looking to buy a business, you can 
you can research the industries and think about, all right, which which industries are lucrative as well? If you're thinking about buying into a business, um, now they might go outside your skill set, so you've got to be careful. But again, you've got to come in with looking at the data up front and seeing how you can maximise on the averages, right? What's your point of difference that where you can get an edge where someone else uh, might not? So I just thought it was relevant from a funding uh, perspective. Everyone, every blender is going to want to know that. Um, and again, if you need any support around that, a lot of the a lot of the stuff I do is fifty percent of its mentoring, fifty percent of its funding. So it's like it's just getting to a position to you know make a strong purchase offer on that business. And all I'd add to that is you know, assemble the right people around you too. Like you don't have to be the expert in all of this. Like yes, do your research. Yes, put a plan together. But having a good advisor or accountant, a gun broker or business mentor, both, and then a lawyer. Like if you if you haven't had a lawyer involved in, in getting this to the final stage where you're about to sign a document to take on debt and take on a, somebody else's business, which comes with its own set of risks, you have not done everything that you could have to put yourself in the best position. So assemble a great team around you um, and that's going to put you in a better place. A lot of people think, oh, it's going to be too expensive to do that. But think about how much more expensive it is if you get this wrong. Um, Buying a business, you know, you might only do it once in your life. You might as well get it right the first time and put the best, uh, best team around you and your best foot forward to have success and achieve better profit margins than some of the ones that Marty just read out. Exactly. And if you need any support, just reach out. Yeah, I think you're a uh, you're a, a great resource, Marty. If people either, as you said, just want advice on whether or not they should be doing something, um, yeah, aside from the um, access to capital and debt, I think um, yeah, you're a good resource. So people should definitely reach out if they're thinking about getting into a, a small business. Yeah, we'll start with uh, a business that is very profitable. I'm seeing just a fair few come through that are, and it's it's interesting in the thought process around that. So. Just working through that with people is a big help just in itself. So thank you for listening. Tell a friend, share. We love you. Hopefully you like us. And until next time, game over.